I really did learn a couple of words in Japanese back a couple of decades ago when I decided to take a karate class at my old workplace, where I was still working as a full time techie guy. The karate class was after work hours, and I needed to get out of my tired, end of the day, sleepy stupor, and so. I usually drank a cup of black coffee before this class in order to be sharp enough not to get too beat up. My journaling notes brought back those special times in the following way. So, during my college years, I received my bachelor's degree in electrical engineering from Pratt Institute in Brooklyn, New York, and I got to work at some high profile、uh, companies. One was Merrill Lynch. So, while working on the trading floors of Merrill Lynch during the mid 1990s, our company had acquired another trading firm, one which came with a successful Japanese yen trader. I should mention at this point that he wasn't Japanese. In fact, he was a Jewish guy, about a year older than me, with a sort of similar history from the Catskills. But he got involved in learning karate during his teenage years. Apparently, He had conducted classes before and was now going to continue holding a beginner's class at our company. After clearing it with human resources, he started an after hours karate class in the company's lunchroom located in my building at New York City's World Financial Center in downtown Manhattan. Since、uh, I was putting on、uh, some weight in my cushy job, I realized that I needed some exercise to drop a few pounds and joined up. My little effort of showing up led to a seven year involvement in learning a lot more than a few tricky moves. Our sensei had reached a high level of proficiency in this art. And he explained that the only way that he could progress to a new level was to, quote, give back, unquote. And so he gave the classes for free. Although the origins of martial arts dates back over hundreds of years ago, the style of karate we were learning was called Shotokan. It was Part of the modern karate school started by Gichin Funakoshi O Sensei about a hundred years ago. Our Sensei's pedigree was part of the continuation of this otherwise ancient art. We were taught the basic movements and soon had sparring matches. During one such match, 
I blocked a fierce kick from one of my opponents and inadvertently broke his leg. I immediately knew that karma would somehow come into effect and that soon I'd be on the receiving end of it. And sure enough, during the preceding sessions, I was matched up with one of the young women in our class. Unknown to me, she had a previous training in another style of martial arts, and although everyone was instructed not to hit the head, BAM! She tagged me in the nose. Ippon! shouted the sensei, which meant that the scored point was for her during our match. So much for sticking to the rules of not hitting the head. I didn't make that mistake again. And as we advanced from the basic moves to more complicated maneuvers, the sensei began to instruct us on learning to do katas. These katas are short-term, pre-arranged moves that we had to memorialize, as well as memorize, and perform them in the proper sequence. Later, we learned that there was no possibility of a perfect performance of a kata, even though we had to incorporate it into our belt tests. <laughs> oh yes, the belt tests. They were usually brutal, bringing you past the point of your personal endurance, almost to the point of where you didn't care if you got hit during these sparring matches or dropped to the floor from exhaustion. But thanks to the adrenaline rushes, you really didn't feel the pain until you were going home, and especially so the next day, when you realized how many broken toes, busted fingers, and bruised ribs were unceasingly throbbing with pain. But attaining the successively rated higher-level colored belts via the increasingly lengthy sadistic tests was worth it, and you wore your wounds that were occasionally bloody proudly. Along with our learning, we were to be involved with raising donations for a charity of our choice, in addition to which our group would also raise annual donations for those afflicted with cystic fibrosis. This was done by demonstrating our abilities to throw hundreds of kicks and punches, which was video recorded. But our character development didn't end there. We were introduced to the sensei's remote dojo, where we met teachers, former students of the sensei, who were of various advanced techniques and who took little mercy on our novice ineptitudes during our visits there. But as we, uh, as we progressed, some of us were asked to teach the newcomers I was one of the students selected to teach the beginners to do katas. And because one of the katas had numerous moves called shuttos, aka knife hand position, 
which I repeated more times than I care to remember, during the course of my introductory teaching sessions, the results of which was that the sensei nicknamed me Shuto, and for as long as I was in the class, that was my moniker. The sensei also involved us in his family. We were invited to two lavish weddings, and as the years passed, we made friends with our opponents, eventually gaining each other's respect. But there were also additional benefits. One of the students in the class was involved in racing her 42-foot cruiser sailboat, and we were invited to become crew members. During the next three summers, we would learn to hike and lean on the boom and raising the spinnaker and folding the sheets, a.k.a. the sails, as well as to tie various sailor knots, and most impressively, to enjoy the captain's dark and stormy drink at the end of various boat parties, which took place when we won the race. The experience was exciting, and in one of our adventures during a particularly violent storm, I had to grab the captain from falling overboard. He was an elderly retired Navy submarine sailor who eventually married our lady pilot during a surprise birthday party. We were supposed to surprise him for his birthday bash at his country club, but as it turned out, <laughs> it was he and our lady pilot who surprised the crowd with announcing their intent to marry. And the ceremony took place right then and there. We still have the video to prove it. Another side benefit from our karate group members came as an invitation to a millionaire's summer home party. Mike Bloomberg's estate was decorated with various activities wherein glassblower craftsmen made little unicorns for the kids. Silhouette paper cutters mimicked your visage into a frame. Balloon sculptors created all sorts of creatures. Old-time cars and velocipedes rolled by, and tall, masqueraded stilt walkers would prance between the colorful crowd who enjoyed every moment of this event. The scene reminded me of the surreal village from the old TV series called The Prisoner, starring Patrick McGowan. But getting back to the... Uh, karate class, our time together was interrupted by the terrorist attack of 9-11. Everything stopped for quite a while. But although the sensei and his students brought some of the old classmates together again at a later date, I couldn't attend. As a result of 9-11, my Offices were moved across the Hudson River to Jersey City, New Jersey, and coincident with the resumption of the karate class, 
my elderly mother was ailing, and I chose to attend to her needs and let the class go. There were also um, many layoffs that ensued a year after 9-11, of which I was a casualty. My plans to retire from this job literally went up in smoke in the 9-11 smoldering embers. It was at this time that I began to submit for part-time work as a movie extra while looking for a job that would pay my bills. The uh, word karate has different meanings, but the one which defines it as open hand carries the most significance when put into practice. An ironic but very pertinent aphorism that the martial arts sensei taught us was that the best fight is the one that's never fought. While taking the karate class, I dropped 10 pounds.